We are in Matthew chapter number 1 today, finishing up Missing Peace. And uh, so look at Matthew chapter number 1, starting in verse number 20. And a familiar verses here, the Christmas story. And uh, we're going to jump right into things today. And the Bible says in Matthew 20, uh, 1 verse number 20, this is talking about Joseph and his encounter with Mary and the angel after Mary has told him that she is expecting, even though they are not married. And uh, so verse number 20 starts, But while he, Joseph, thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. And she, she shall bring forth a son. Now shalt call his name Jesus, for, thou shalt, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And boy, I, I, if there's ever a name of, of Jesus, of God, that, that I love, it's Emmanuel. We, we spent some time last year talking about how God is with us, and aren't you thankful that God is with us? And so today, uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about having peace while we're waiting on God. So today's lesson is titled, Why is God Making Me Wait? So let's pray, and then we'll jump into things today. Father, we come before you today. And uh, Lord, as we gather here uh, in the busyness of this season, uh, as school is finished for some, as it's preparing to finish for others, uh, Lord, as, as work is, is busy in, in seasonal times with deadlines before the end of the year and with other things going on, and Certainly then thinking about gathering with family and friends, and uh, Father, we, we, we want to stop and pause just for a few moments this morning so that you can speak to us. Uh, Lord, as our, our minds are filled with what we have to do, and the people we have to see, the things we have to accomplish, I pray that you'd please help us to just pause for a few moments. Father, as we examine those times, maybe even where we are right now, when we have to wait on you. Uh, when we're waiting for you to speak to us, when we're waiting for you to lead us, uh, Lord, I pray that you would please give us the peace that we need. I pray that you give us the faith that we need to trust you. Lord, for someone that's here today that's waiting on you, maybe for something big, maybe for uh, an answer to prayer or direction and guidance for, for life, God, I pray that you would please draw them closer to you uh, this morning because we gathered uh, today to hear from your word. And I pray that you'd please uh, put peace in their heart, God, to know that you are there and that you are working and that you have a plan for them. God, we pray that you'd please bless the service that will follow today, be glorified in all that's said and done, we ask in your name. Amen. I, I would say that, and I think that society and culture has uh, made this even worse, but one of the worst feelings in life, uh, and I wonder if there's anybody that would agree with me, is to wait. To have to wait. And again, I think society and, and the world in which we live in has made that even worse because we expect things to be done like that. You know, we expect our, our show that we're watching on Netflix to buffer like that. Uh, we expect the web page that we're pulling up to pull up like that. We're if McDonald's is not ready in 30 seconds or less, then we're pulling out and never going back to that one again. Maybe that's just me. Uh, but we don't like to wait. Uh, and, and it's across the board, and, and I think that that is true because you see how people react or respond to having to wait to different things, you know, whether it's having to wait in line at the DMV. Uh, anybody have to go to the DMV lately? Uh, yeah, make sure, 
Make sure you get an appointment. Uh, that's one of the things that COVID has helped. But anyway, uh, having to wait at the DMV or having to wait in line, having to wait, wait and sit in traffic. Um, and, you know, having to wait in traffic. And then when you finally get to where traffic starts moving again, there's nothing there. And you know, figuring, trying to figure out why in the world were we waiting? Uh, but waiting on that, waiting in line at the grocery store. If you go to Walmart down here, anytime between four and six, you will be waiting. Uh, it's just a fact of life. Uh, and, and then, of course, the worst is waiting on dinner to be ready, especially when you're starving all day and you expect it to be ready at a certain time. My wife has never done this. It's all, always ready on time. But, but having to wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, it's terrible. And, and obviously, it is extremely difficult and again, this may just be me talking here. This, this whole lesson may just be for me, and so you just need to sit there while I talk to myself. But it's extremely hard to wait on God, uh, to wait for God to move, for, to wait for God to speak, to wait for God uh, to answer. And, uh, you know, I don't know if there's anybody here that, that can understand what I'm talking about, but you feel like God is, is, is not listening. You, you feel like He's taking too long. You even feel like He's forgotten you. Uh, you feel like you've had to wait on God for so long. Maybe it was, again, for sickness that you've dealt with or that a loved one has dealt with. Uh, maybe it's waiting on something to work out at, at your job, uh, a promotion or a raise or a change in how things are done. Uh, maybe you've been waiting on God to heal a, a hurting relationship or uh, to, to help a family member with a problem that they're going through. And, and you're just waiting on God to do it. And you're waiting, you've been waiting so long in some of these areas that you begin to entertain those thoughts, wondering if God even cares, uh, wondering if he's even there. And so I think that as we look at the Christmas story, we see a lot of waiting that leads up to the Christmas story. Now, we read uh, Matthew 1 here and Matthew 2, the wise men, and we read Luke chapter number 2, and, and certainly those, those moments when Jesus comes, this wonderful, uh, wonderful story, and we rejoice in that, and, and familiar scripture, and the angels singing to shepherds, and there's worship, and it's just a wonderful thing. But we, we need to remember that before that... There was a lot of waiting that came in uh, to the lives of those that were involved in this, specifically for uh, the Jewish people. Uh, the people of the nation of Israel, I'm sure, felt like God was not there as they were waiting for the Savior that had been promised to them so long ago. God had promised to send them the Messiah, the Savior, who uh, would establish His kingdom, who would save His people from their sins, who would come and, and, and set up the kingdom of, of heaven here on earth. And for so long, nothing had happened. They were waiting on God. In fact, I think we should go all the way back to the beginning to see just how long God's people have been waiting. So take your Bibles and go to Genesis chapter number 3. Because God's people had been waiting since the very beginning. Since the Garden of Eden, the first two man and woman, God had promised that He would send a Savior. All the way back there in the beginning, Genesis chapter number 3 and verse number 15, of course we know that Adam and Eve, they've sinned against God and, and they've hid, they're ashamed, and so God has to come and cover their sins with the, uh, with the, the picture of the animal skins covering their nakedness, and he proclaims the curse on the man who has to work and the woman who have pain in childbirth, and then he puts the curse on devil, uh, the devil, the, the serpent there, and he makes a, an interesting promise here in Genesis 3.15, all the way back at the beginning. 
All the way back at at the start of mankind, the start of human history, God makes a promise that He is going to send a Savior. Verse uh, chapter 3, verse 15, it says, And I will put enmity between thee, the, the serpent, the devil, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it, talking about the woman's seed, the seed of the woman, shall bruise or crush thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, that's an interesting verse. The seed of the woman, obviously, this is the first promise that Jesus would come to break the power of Satan, to break the power of sin, to to crush and and completely defeat sin and hell and, and death and the devil. This is the first promise for that. All the way back to the beginning, Genesis 3 and verse number 15. In the third chapter of the Bible, God promises to send a Savior. And then after that, centuries pass. Centuries pass. Centuries pass before God does anything. And then we we get again another promise, and certainly there are many prophecies and promises throughout the Old Testament of Jesus, but we see another promise in Isaiah of the birth of Jesus. Isaiah 7.14, this is 700 years before Jesus will be born. God says through Isaiah, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. This was the same verse that we we heard quoted in Matthew chapter number 1. The connecting the two, that Jesus was the fulfillment of this prophecy, but this was still 700 years before God would fulfill his promise. God promises to send a Savior, and again, God's people wait. So I wonder how many of us can relate to this. How many of us can relate to hearing and reading and and studying Scripture and knowing God's promises for us, but still having to wait. So the question, as we see God's people having to wait for God to fulfill His promise, and as we think about our own lives, as we think about how God has so many promises for us, and we believe that God has a plan and a purpose, and, and we're waiting on God to fulfill His promises for us, the question has to be asked, what is God doing while you are waiting? What is God doing while you are waiting? And to answer that question, I think we need to look at what God was doing because now on this side of it, we can look back on and then see what God was doing in that time after He promised, before He sent Jesus, and we see how God was working. And, and, and I'm, you, you know this, but I'm a, I'm a history guy. I, I love history. Taught history for several years in the school. And as you look back on history, we can see how even though God promised many, many years before that he would send a Savior, and there was a, an extended period of time before God fulfilled that promise, God was still working and moving in that time. See, there is a, a time period uh, of history that is not recorded in Scripture. It's not, we, don't, we don't read any of it in Scripture. And it's, it's what's known as the intertestamental period. The intertestamental period. Say, what is that? It is the 400-year period after the Old Testament ends, so after the end of Malachi, before the New Testament begins. So, let me get my pages to turn here. Those little pages in my Bible, it's four. It's 400 years of human history. 400 years between when Malachi is finished 
and when Matthew begins. 400 years of human history. And, and during this time, for the nation of Israel and for inspired scripture, God does... Now, if we thought it was bad for the children of Israel to just have to wait for God from Genesis 3 and then all the way through the Old Testament, and then we see it again in Isaiah there and certainly many other scriptures, and then another 700 years, during those 400 years, God does not speak. At least He was speaking before this. But God does not speak at all. God is silence. Before, they just waited. But again, at least God was talking. And I, I think this is what makes waiting on God so difficult for me at least, because there are some times when it seems like God is not speaking. There are some times in your life when you're waiting on God and you read a promise in Scripture and then you go a very long time before God seems to speak again. It seems to be that God is silent. You, you're looking for an answer from God. You know, God, give me, give me an answer. Give me a sign. Write it in the sky. You know, put it in my cereal in the morning. I don't care. Give me a sign. Uh, show me something. Uh, give me a feeling. Anything. I, I just want to hear from God. And sometimes in those times that we are waiting, all we get is silence from God. But can I say this to you? And this is, this is something that I want you to understand today. And this is how we can have peace while we're waiting on God. Just because God is silent doesn't mean God is absent. Just because God is silent doesn't mean God is absent. This is, this is the one thing we need to get from today. And this is what you need to understand. This is on your handout. While you are waiting, God is working. While you are waiting, God is working. See, here's, here's what we need to understand. Because there's, there's, a, there's a verse in the New Testament that gives us context about God's timing and how it all happened, the Christmas story. Because it didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen. God didn't forget for 400 years that, oh, stink. I need to make that happen. I need to send Jesus. Oops, I forgot. No, he didn't do that. Look at Galatians chapter number 4. Galatians 4 and verse number 4. This shows us that when God sent Jesus, it was exactly when it was supposed to happen. It says, but when the fullness of time was come, the fullness of time was come. We'll come back to that in just a second. God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. That, that first phrase, but when the fullness of time, the fullness of time, that's an interesting phrase in the Greek. The Greek word is pleroma chronal. Pleroma chronal. And it means complete, full measure, the perfect time. The fullness of time. It's the perfect time. It, it has the same, uh, the same idea of, of someone who is pregnant. It, it, it basically, if you were to literally define this, it means when time was fully pregnant. It was, it was time. And God says when time was ready to go, when it was the perfect time, the exact time, Jesus came. When time was ready. Uh, Jesus uh, was all the way back in Genesis. God promised to send him, born of a woman, the seed of the woman. Again, remember, the seed of the woman right there in Galatians 
God sent forth His Son, made of a woman. Again, not of man, of a woman. Uh, Jesus, born of a virgin. Uh, it had to come just that way so that He didn't inherit the sin nature of an earthly father so that He who is without sin could forgive our sins. And God, in the, in the perfection of time, it, when, when time was exactly when it should happen, God sent forth His Son. Now, centuries had passed. And God had promised many, many times that He would send Jesus. And over and over again, we saw it in Genesis and Isaiah. But when did He fulfill that promise? When the time was right. When the time was perfect, God fulfilled His promise. At the perfect moment, God sent His Son. And, and sitting here, 2,000 years later, we can look back now, and we can see how it was the perfect time. We can see how God's timing was perfect. And, and, and that's just something to encourage us to have the faith even in our own lives. When we don't see it, when we don't understand it, uh, when, when we can't seem to comprehend how God is working or even if He is working, we need to have the faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What we hold on to believing that God is going to do something in His perfect time. And use this as an example. Use this to encourage yourself. And so as we look back on history leading up to when Jesus came, we can understand why it was the fullness of time, why it was the perfect time for Jesus to come. Again, just because God feels silent, it doesn't mean God is absent. While we're waiting, God is working. And so again, the intertestamental period, go back to that with me. Think about this for just a second. Just a quick history. 400 years of silence in between the end of the Old Testament before the New Testament begins. Five important things that we need to understand about history during this time. So here's a quick history lesson. Sorry, you're back in school. Uh, first of all, number one, uh, we've all heard of Alexander the Great, right? Yes, okay. Uh, Alexander the Great in 12 years is the, the leader of the Greek Empire. In 12 years, Alexander the Great conquered the entire known world at the time. United it all under one empire. Uh, usually when you do that, they add great to your name. So just in case you're wondering. Um, now, why is that significant? Because for the first time in human history now, the entire world is going to be united under or have access to a common language. The entire world will now have access to a common language. In those days, when Jesus was born, almost everybody spoke Greek. It was called Queenie Greek or Common Greek. Everybody spoke Greek during those times. So that's important. Number one, Alexander the Great. Number two, during that time, the Old Testament, which was previously in Hebrew, was translated into Greek in about 280 BC. And so now we have, everybody can speak Greek. We have the Old Testament scripture is translated into a language that everybody can understand. In number three, uh, there is a new way of learning emerging from the Greek empire and the Greek philosophers. It's called the Socratic method. And for the first time, people are encouraged to ask questions. People are encouraged to learn by asking questions and, and not, just, not just receive instruction, but to ask questions about what they are learning. Number four, in 63 BC, the Romans, the Roman Empire, conquered the Greek Empire, the entire known world at the time, bringing peace 
to the world, uh, uniting everybody under this one rule, this one throne in Rome. And through the Roman Empire, roads, highways, and travel, transportation was developed throughout the entire empire, making it relatively easy for the time to travel anywhere. Okay, we start to see the picture here. You, you, you tracking with me here? And then number five, and this is important too, we have what is known as the diaspora. The diaspora. This is when the Romans came in and conquered Israel, Palestine, and conquered Jerusalem. For a time, Jews were forbidden from living in Jerusalem. Now, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's history. Uh, Jews were forbidden from living in Jerusalem. They had to di disperse, diaspora, and live everywhere else in the Roman Empire. And so now you have Jewish people living all over the known world. Now, why is that important? Because now, and again, this is all leading up to when Jesus is going to be born, when Jesus is going to come to earth. Now, for the first time in history, for the first time in, in history, every single person in the world could read the Bible in a language that they understood. <coughs> this is the first time that they were encouraged to ask questions as they were learning just before God is going to send the answer, and his name is Jesus. Uh, you have uh, the good news of the Savior could travel in a common language anywhere, and the Jewish people have spread throughout the entire uh, Roman Empire, intermingling with Gentile people, taking the, the Word of God, taking Scripture in a language that everybody understands, including the prophecies of Jesus, so that everyone in the known world would have access to it. You see how God is working? Even though we are waiting, while God is working, while God's people were waiting, God was working. And, and there are times, I'm sure, in my life as well as yours, when it seems like we're in that holding pattern. And you may be there today. You may be in that holding pattern where, where it seems like God is giving you the silent treatment. You see, it seems like nothing is really happening, but can I encourage you that God may be working behind the scenes to do something incredible, to get an entire world ready for Jesus to come? Uh, God is not giving you the silent treatment. It's not because of, uh, of, of spiritual failure. You know, you think throughout Scripture, the examples of, of God's promises to His people and then time period where they had to wait. Think about how God promised to Abraham and Sarah that they would become a great nation, that He would send Isaac, and then it took 25 years before God finally sent Isaac to Abraham and Sarah. Uh, Joseph was given those dreams that his brothers and sister or brothers and, and, and family would bow down to him. And then for 13 years, Joseph sat in prison in Egypt before it finally came true. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood in the New Testament endured that for 12 years before she finally met Jesus and was able to be cured. Uh, the man who, the paralytic man that Jesus healed 38 years. He waited for healing. And so when we're waiting, uh, listen, this is, let me just say this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to move on to this next statement because this is, this is something you need to get, okay? When we are waiting, when it seems like God is not working, can I just tell you this? God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Again, while you are waiting, God is working. 
Well, I heard this this week, and I don't have this on the notes. Oh, no, I do. Never mind. I heard this this week, and I had to put it in there. It may not be in your notes, but it's up here. God divinely demonstrates his glory through delay. God divinely demonstrates his glory through delay. You know, if, if, if God is making you wait, it's because he wants to show his glory in your life. He wants to receive glory when he does fulfill his promise. When he does answer that prayer. When he does give you the fulfillment of his purpose for you. Uh, if, if it happened quick, then we could say or someone else could say that we were the ones that did it. But God says, I want you... I want to receive glory from your life. God divinely demonstrates His glory through the delay. Uh, while you are waiting on it, whatever it is, if it's the answer to prayer, uh, if it's a, it's a miracle that you're just hoping that God somehow does some way, it's a provision, a need being provided, it's direction for the future, uh, whatever it is, think with me, Maybe it, whatever it is, is just not ready yet. God's still working on it. God's still working to make it ready. God's still working to make sure that it is the fullness of time, the perfect time. You know, as I look back on my life and having to think about times that I've had to wait, um, I remember my freshman year of college. My parents remember my freshman year of college as well. Uh, much tears and gnashing of teeth. But anyway, those of you that finished your freshman year of college or in the middle of your freshman year of college, you might be able to understand. Um, and, and my freshman year of college was not the easiest. Um, and I remember that for much of it, it was a struggle financially. Uh, it was a struggle to find jobs and then keep jobs. And it just kept on it was just hard and, and frustrating, and, and I didn't want to be there, and, and uh, my parents didn't want me to be home, so I'm just kidding. Uh, and I remember that uh, spring semester, I, had, I got a job uh, right after Christmas break, and uh, it, was a, it was a good job, a uh, selling job, and uh, I, I wasn't the best at it, but I could, I could sell, and, and was, was doing relatively well, and, and then I think it was after spring break of my freshman year of college, went back and I could not sell anything. I mean, it, it was the most frustrating thing. I'd, you know, you use the same, same uh, spiel and you use the same uh, sales techniques and you, you answer the questions and you use the rebuttals. And if you've ever been in sales and, and none of that works, uh, you know how frustrating it is, and I, I couldn't sell anything, and to the point where I was on the verge of losing my job, and it was just frustrating because I didn't know what I was going to do differently. And I, and I would pray and think, God, what in the world are you doing? I'm going to lose this job. I'm going to be uh, financially withdrawn from school. I'm gonna, do you even want me here? Lots of questions. And I remember the last, basically the last week that I could work this job, and if I. I had to make a certain amount of sales by, I think, Wednesday with this job. And if I didn't make a certain amount of sales by Wednesday, then I, I wouldn't even finish out the week. And Monday went, no sales. That's not a good way to start. Tuesday came, and uh, I, don't, I don't think that I, I maybe made one. And I think I had to have like three or four. So Wednesday was going to be a rough day uh, because that was probably going to be the end. At least that's how I was thinking. 
And I remember getting in the, in the car with a couple other guys from college. We were all going to work. And we stopped at a gas station. And I had received a call after we left uh, the campus from the college itself. And I, I don't want to talk to you people. And so I, I, I silenced it. Don't do that. Uh, and didn't, didn't answer it. And then uh, so we went about our business. And I got another call a few minutes later. I was like, well, I, bet, I guess I better answer it. So I answered it. And uh, it was one of the staff members at the college who was in charge of their traveling singing groups, their tour groups. And uh, they said, hey, the, the director of all of this wants to talk to you. And I'm thinking, okay, what in the world does he want to talk to me about? I thought maybe he wanted me to play. I played piano in Sunday school classes before and, and around the church or maybe chapel. And so I didn't think anything of it. And I said, okay. So he called me back and we talked. And on the day that I was supposed to be finished with work, uh, that was going to pay for my school bill, that was going to prepare me for the next year, uh, I talked to uh, the director of traveling singing groups. And he asked me if I would travel that summer with a singing group for the college. Uh, and because of that, my school bill for the next year would be completely paid for. Uh, I wouldn't have to really worry about what all I was worrying about at the time. And uh, I tell you, when, when I got that phone call, uh, you could see why I wasn't making any sales. It made sense to me. I thought, okay, well, I don't have to worry about keeping this job anymore. Uh, so can I just say that when you're, when you're waiting, God is working. Uh, there were a lot of things that were going on behind the scenes that led up to that phone call that I had, didn't even know about. A group being started, getting ready to send them out, uh, nobody else that could play the piano, uh, and God was working. While you're waiting, God is working. And so you may be here, and at this point in your life, you thought, well, I'd be married by now. And I've prayed, and I'm still single. Uh, maybe you thought that by now you'd have a clear direction for the future, what to do in college or what to do after college. Maybe you thought by now that you, you would have that promotion at work. You, you'd have that promotion or that raise, something to relieve financial stress. Maybe you've been waiting for a long time for healing for a family member, for sickness or for a relationship. Well, can I say that while you're waiting again on it, while you're waiting on it, God may be still preparing it, but at the same time, same time, God may be still preparing you. It may not be ready, but you may not be ready either. God may still be working on you. Before God does something for you, He may want to do something in you. Before God does something for you, He may want to do something in you. Uh, I was reading this this morning. You were made to reflect the image of the invisible God. That's why you and I were created. Created to be in God's image. Created to, uh, predestined to be formed in the image of Jesus Christ because of salvation. And so in your waiting, while you're waiting for God to work, for God to fulfill, what parts of your life is God trying to shape to display His character? What, God, what is God trying to do to shape you to be more like His Son, Jesus? Is He, is he trying to develop just patience, long-suffering, trust, uh, a, a drawing you close to Him, uh, a depending on Him? Can I say this, and, and this, is, this may be the most important thing that you can get out of this. Don't waste the waiting. 
We all have to wait on God. There are all times that we have to wait on God. We all have to wait for God to work, for Him to fulfill His promises. There, there are always going to be times in waiting, and you may be waiting right now. Don't waste the waiting. Don't waste it. Let God do in you what He's trying to do. Let Him draw you close. Don't be distant. Don't, don't, this, this is what we do tr- far too often. While we're waiting on God, we try to make it happen ourselves. That's what Abraham and Sarah did. We try to make it happen ourselves. Well, God's not working. Or, or we spend the entire time doing all the talking, telling God what we need and complaining to God why He's not... When God says, hey, just, just wait. Just wait. Be still, He says, and know that I am God. Don't waste the waiting. Uh, we don't have time to get into the rest of this, but let me just say this as we, as we close here. Okay. When, when God acts... When God moves, when God responds, when He fulfills His promise to you, and He will, uh, because God's uh, delays are not necessarily God's denials. Uh, But in the meantime, we have to remember that God's ways are always good, that His timing is always perfect, that we can trust Him, that He's not ignoring us, that He's not neglecting you, that He hasn't forgotten, that He loves you, that He knows the desires of your heart. We have to remember We have to believe the truth of who God is while we're waiting. Again, God's silence is not God's God's absence. While you're waiting, God is working. And so as we are going through the Christmas season, if you're in a time of waiting right now, can I say that you can have peace when you believe that God is working, even when you can't see it. Even if it's akin to 400 years of silence, God is working for the fullness of time to fulfill His promise to you.